Welcome to Inside Out. Without prejudice or boundaries, this space is for raw and vulnerable conversations surrounding health, mental well-being, relationships, parenthood, and so much more. Our goal is to deliver a conversation that will educate and empower you through shared experiences told by inspiring and relatable guests. My name is Chris. I'm a wife, mum, and stepmom who is on a personal journey that cultivates a life of alignment and intention. I hope these conversations encourage you to do the same. Let's dive deep into today's episode. of Inside Out. Today's guest is a writer, author, mama, motivational coach and podcast host. I was thrilled to connect and sit down for a conversation with the ever so inspiring Katie Dean. Katie is an advocate for befriending your fears and leaning into vulnerability. Katie is not your typical motivational coach. She is here to shine a light for women seeking confidence, clarity and courage. She does all of this whilst being a solo mum to two beautiful boys. With a refreshingly no BS approach, in this episode, Katie shares her journey towards debunking her fears and overcoming anxiety. We dive into her journey of matrescence and battling her own personal demons whilst dancing with her intuition. Katie just radiates positivity and holds a desire to grow that is so empowering. I loved connecting with her and I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Katie, I am so excited to see you today. I've just spent the last month or so diving into your book, Becoming Brave, and I'm loving the way that you articulate yourself throughout. So I found myself, I just mentioned earlier to you, sitting in bed saying yes out loud and nodding my head to what you were telling me to do. So I'm so excited to sit down with you in person for a conversation. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure and it's a cracker of a day. So it's really nice yeah, to be it here. Is, it is. The world um, is obviously living a little bit differently right now and we've finally been able to sit down for a conversation in person. Um, but how, have you, how are you going through all of this? If you would have asked me a few weeks ago, like honestly it's been coming in waves. Like at first I found it really restrictive. Like everyone, it was such a shock. I didn't know how we were going to cope because obviously I have the two little boys who are now three and six. Um, that was <laughs> really overwhelming but... As it's time's gone on, as long as we've been able to get out most days, obviously within the restrictions, we've handled it pretty well. And yeah. they've, you know, there's been, there's no such thing as screen time. It's just like, here's your iPads. Like there's, <laughs> that has gone off the chart. But mostly I feel pretty good. Like it's, we're into the slow mornings now. Mm. Like I've embraced that. The, you know, we've adjusted, I would yeah. say, fairly well. That's so good. And I mean, I feel like because... We were all in this pandemic together, even though there was so much uncertainty at the beginning. Um, there was also some security and because it, we were doing it as a group and we weren't standing alone. So I personally found that quite comforting. Like, Yeah, and we also didn't have a choice. <laughs> like, it was just like stay <coughs> home or the fear that was projected onto everyone at the start. Mm. I just, I wasn't willing to risk it. Mm. But yeah, it definitely has brought everyone out. Well, the majority of people out together to unite and look after each other um, and it's you know you you find ways and different ways and branch out to connect yeah so, yeah definitely yeah. had a bo one boozy night with um, my girlfriends on that um, house party app oh. in the early days <laughs> yeah we were like we want to go out but we can't and then we did not do it again because it was quite dangerous but that's <laughs> you know still finding your way um, yeah. to do all the things that you think you need to do yeah. um, but yeah, 
change is good. Yeah, and for me, it was that 100% physical connection that I missed the most. I didn't realise how important it was driving to the gym of a morning and seeing familiar faces and, yeah. you know, just sharing a smile with someone, even if you don't speak for the whole hour. It's just that connection and that's something I'm really looking forward to getting back. Oh, I can't wait for the gym. Although it, now, it's either at first I was peeved because I'm an avid gym girl, goer, mm-hmm. more for the fact that that's where I catch up with my friends and we do the same classes each week, or it's for my mental health and sanities to move. Mm. Um, and when that was shut, I, that was a massive panic. Like, what am I going to do? What, are gonna, what am I going to do? But we found ways. Like, we'd share workouts. We'd go, you know, like when you could meet with one person, it was only like the two of us. We'd go and do workouts as, as the sun was coming up. Mm. So that had its own really beautiful flow-on effect, which, you know, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I really am going to – like, I'm going to miss that yeah. now when yeah. we go back to the gym. But maybe we'll find ways to add more of that in sure but yeah, yeah it, it's it's that new normal like finding your new flow state yes within the chaos yeah but then yeah who knows it probably like I'd like to think we're all going to have this really great lasting change about what's important but the reality is that m- for many people it's going to be so easy to just flick back into the way that things were but yeah. I hope as a collective we you know slow it down and have picked up enough um different ways to add more stillness and less hustle and bustle to our days yeah I love that to kickstart us off Katie I would love to gain some more insight into the girl before the brave and the sassy can you share what you were like growing up oh um oh oh, it's trouble (laughs) still sassy (laughs) still sassy still sassy I was well through high school I had a really rough time at high school I had like a key group of friends and who were amazing But I got bullied or felt bullied a lot. Like I had this wild curly hair that I used to brush um, and had this nickname Bookhead. And when you're navigating those teenage years, that was a lot. And I felt really um, other. Like I didn't feel comfortable. I was so anxious, even though I didn't know that that's what that was until I was probably, you know, in... Till Archer was born, I wouldn't have called it anxiety. Um, I just never felt easy. So then trying to figure all the rest of it out. Like when I had my horses, like I was, I did, you know, I was, I spent all my teenage years riding horses until I, you know, was probably like 17 and then found alcohol and the rest of it. <laughs> and boys. Yeah. Um, and then the poor horse. Um, well, I've still got all my horses. They're on the farm now. <laughs> so Amazing. I'm a farmer's daughter. They're still alive. Yeah. It's a, it sounds really bad, like the poor horse. No, they're fine. <laughs> they're still alive. They're just cruising around. Yeah. Um, But I definitely struggled and I always felt lost and I sort of tried to become what everyone else wanted me to – well, I felt like what everyone else wanted me to be, which led me, you know, to turn down that intuitive guidance and I stopped listening to um, my gut and what I wanted to do and I just went with the crowd or who became whoever I thought everyone else wanted me to be. But then the more – every time you go against yourself, like – that's when my anxiety would come up. So the more that I tried to um, like drink away the pain or party away the pain or that uncomfortable feeling, because, you know, like one, a couple of wines or Bacardi's deep and that feeling would subside So yeah. um, or it would just get like numbed out. So that was my way of coping for many years until it wasn't, until you get completely sick of yourself. So um, I was definitely, while... 
many would have described me as the the light of the party and the loudest I was definitely probably feeling the lowest mm. through my teenage years and um, early 20s I would say yeah. yeah yeah and that's where the growth sort of started totally yeah. I full pivot at about the age of like I started to become aware that I wasn't aligned I wasn't living in alignment and by that meaning I started to question where I was feeling the best and started to become aware of when I was feeling my best and when I wasn't mm. doesn't mean that I listened necessarily I still tried to overwrite that system um where like I know if I stay home tonight I'm going to feel way better in the morning that it's that's yeah. the simple start of me realizing that oh this is not necessarily a good idea um but then the oh but that FOMO or whatever and this is who I am and this is what we do we just everyone goes out and whatever um until I you know the universe throws pebbles and then rocks and then boulders and you've got choices as to which way you're going to go and so it was probably I really switched gears when I was about 27 yep and um you know stopped the massive drinking drinking and partying totally changed my friendship circle in terms of like I just stopped going out stopped answering the phone and there was nothing the, the my friends that I had were great it's just that the things that we were doing um weren't you know making me feel good anymore yeah yeah totally had to liquefy and then build myself like back into a person that I would recognize yeah and I want to digress into mental health with you because now you're so in tune with your emotional frequency um it's crazy to see statistics in Australia it's one in six people suffer with anxiety totally. and I honestly feel like this number would be so much higher if everyone come forward and spoke their truth about how they're feeling but mm -hmm. it's still you know something that's swept under the rug in terms of accepting mental health in Australia yeah. um but there's so many different resources that we can tap into what resources did you lean into to support your well-being through that time so many things I the first I started reading um and yep. the first book that I read that was like oh wow okay was um you can heal your life by Louise L Hay mm -hmm. um who's since she, I think she's passed away now which is really sad but that was fantastic on um understanding that we are not our thoughts but our thoughts can create our world and that we had a choice see I didn't realize that we um and many people don't realize that we actually have a choice about what we think and when you choose your thoughts the same way that you choose your clothes, um, that was a quote from um, Eat, Pray, Love, I think. I've read that book a bazillion times. Um, but, yeah, I just started to follow the crumbs. I didn't know which way to go. I just got curious with that personal development side, and I didn't even go necessarily looking for that. I just was hoping that something would give me some relief, basically, mm. from myself. Um but with that, then as, you know, you, you're introduced through, well, I was introduced through books to a whole different, you know, um, vocabulary of healers. So then I found my kinesiologist and I found naturopaths and I found, um, who else? Like even, you know, like coaches and psychics and, you know, different, like the possible, I've seen so many amazing people and worked with so many amazing people over the years. Um, and that's like what? How old am I? So, like, the last 12 years. Mm. No, I've aged myself then. <laughs> like, 10 or 11 years. 10 yeah. um, that I've been on this, like, curiosity journey with myself because that's what it's about, right? It's about mm. getting curious yeah. with your emotions, with your thoughts, 
and just, you know, it can be really playful. It doesn't have to be heavy. But, um, yeah, I think that there's so much out there now in terms of, you know, mental health support and guidance and even Instagram is full of amazing pages and coaches and Absolutely. people. Absolutely. Like, obviously, you know, you do have your coaches and your experts that yeah. – um, charge for their services but we're living in a time of instagram where the igtvs are going on and it's free meditation yoga classes workout budget recipes how to save money and it's all to keep us on track and support emotional well-being like it's it's crazy it's phenomenal and i mean i only recently went through and like i audit my instagram or any of my social feeds because i'm on there a lot for work Mm. and as a single mom like I use it for connection as well um, because I have so many conversations and group chats and things with my girlfriends. And um, also if I'm searching for something all in terms of like um, some inspiration or if I'm struggling with something, I know there's different pages and things that I can go to to help me navigate that. Like still. I found that um, like I have my pages as well, my favourites, mm-hmm. who I will just be like, okay, I'll punch in. If I'm looking for a recipe at night – I will just punch in their name and I'll be like, oh, found the recipe I want. It's clean, it's healthy, it's quick, it's easy, it's cheap. Family are all going to love it. And I put it all together and it's just as easy as that. Like I don't even need to go and buy a recipe book. It's just on my phone, ready to go. That's what I was going to say. Like I have gone through and unfollowed hundreds of pages. And I remember doing that for the first time consciously when I was – I just had Archer, so that was six years ago, and I, w- I was in the hospital bed with him, and I was feeling like absolute horseshit mm. and sore and beaten up from the whole birth. And looking at those Fitzpo accounts that I once sort of, it wasn't making me feel good. So I was like, well, I don't, I'm not going to keep looking at that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that was like edit with speed, like frequently and ruthlessly. Mm. And even I did it a couple of weeks ago um, or even a couple of days ago. I'm constantly just filtering through and going because we grow and we change and our interests evolve. You don't have to be following the same things that you were however long ago or oh, absolutely. people. Yes. Like, or like if there's family members that trigger you and, I mean, we can talk about all the triggers and things later. It's not about avoiding your triggers. But if you use your social media or what it – like this is just one instance, like to zone out and enjoy that time. Mm. You do not need people on there or things or accounts or whatever, like an exes and all of that, like just cull it. Exactly. Keep it simple. And there's a really cool little button on Instagram now and it's called mute and you can mute oh. someone and they you're not unfollowing them and you're not blocking them. And I say this with love, but sometimes there are people on there that – trigger me emotionally and totally. I'm like I love them dearly but it's like oh just stop talking about that one thing that I, I don't want to keep reading the same thing over and over yeah. or you know um you that's not the, I know that's not true <laughs> and they told me a different version of you know yeah. whatever and it frustrates you and you feel emotional towards yeah. it so you know what I just mute them and I just love them still from a distance love them from a distance yeah well, that's totally fine <laughs> but why wouldn't you unfollow them oh because and that actually goes one of my questions a little bit later fear yeah. and judgment that's ah, something else see, that's going it. on yeah honestly the, people the fear. don't know like <laughs> no one is watching who unfollows and if people are watching who unfollows them then that is a whole other issue that you don't even need to be worried about I know about. that's more about them 
than totally. me. Totally. Yeah. 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 You need to like you don't need to do anything <laughs> you can do whatever the hell you want that's it now Katie I know that you are a lover of exercise and taking care of yourself and your boys I've seen you smashing the stairs at Merriweather and I have to say I'm a little bit jealous <laughs> I can't wait until I have this baby and I can get back to that but uh, I would love to know more on your philosophy on health and well-being sure um well I used to be well exercise is what helped me change my whole way of life mm. so instead of getting home at 5 a.m i started getting up at 5 a.m um <laughs> you know to wow there's people awake um, <laughs> and it has helped me navigate everything whenever i'm even you know like i'm all for feeling your feelings a hundred percent but sometimes we want to shift them as well and sitting in the same spot is not going to help me do that so moving my body and getting that natural endorphin hit and feeling those feel-good hormones um that has helped me so much so but finding um what you enjoy is the key and listening to your body especially if you're a woman like we're cyclic creatures and our with our menstrual cycle like even you're going to be having like a spring summer and autumn winter phase so how you feel one week is not going to be you know how you feel the next week like I know within the next the last week and last week and this week I'm going to have a lot more energy mm. than what I usually would. So that's why I'm up doing the stairs and that feels really good. But then, you know, the, the week before my period or something like that, I'm really going to slow down. Like that's that autumn phase and my body will tell me to slow down. I just yeah. won't have the same motivation. I won't feel like I'll probably be angry at everyone who's walking past me anyway um, <laughs> just because I'm PMSing. <laughs> but knowing your body and what feels good for you and what you need, I think that's – my whole philosophy is starting to tune in and listen like we're our own best teachers um and you know what I used to be a PT for about seven years and even like I was a fitness specialist and that was my life and the shit that I used to say back then makes me cringe now like um you know like I was such a die hard hardcore like train 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 you know like if if you're not sweating, you're not trying hard enough and, you know, like that sort of thing. As a joke, like it was a very fun um, job but it was like, especially for the mums, I feel so bad for the mums now. I, they'd say like, oh, we had a really not rough night with the kids and I just couldn't get here. I'm like, well, you should have like lay your clothes out beside the bed and all like, you know, so that you've yeah. got no excuses. Whereas now, yeah. as a mother, I'm like, oh, dude, take the sleep. <laughs> You know, find a way to include some movement in your day later when it feels good. You don't need to be getting your ass out of bed at 5.30. Like, let it be easy. Whereas, is it? but that's something that comes with time Mm. too. Like, how else would you know? But balance, whatever that is, it's, we're all working on that. But Yeah. yeah, we really do know what we need if we're willing to just listen to our own bodies. Yeah. And we've definitely grown as a community in the last like five or so years terms of like understanding what we need as women and as yes. mothers and being so in tune with that emotional frequency totally mm. totally like I mean even like on a nutritional plane like the everything back in my PT days was like 99% fat free low fat no fat you know don't eat carbs rah 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 and now it's like mate listen to your body like I have butter and salt with everything 
How good is it? So good. Butter, salt and swearing. Goes yeah. With it goes with every meal. Yeah. Makes everything infinitely better. Yeah. Um, and I really admire that about you because you're so conscious um, about living a wholesome but sustainable lifestyle, but you don't label it and you don't restrict it either in terms of you know nutrition and, and exercise. That's really cool. Oh, thanks. Yeah, you'll see me if you do um, hang out on the gram. There's like eating the kids' chocolate, the Easter yeah. eggs, but, you know, you can do that. Yeah, absolutely yeah. you can. I was actually listening to you on Instagram um, on a story and that you received some negative messages about your boys having McDonald's for dinner and you were <gasps> like, look, my kids um, yeah. have Maccas every now and then. Totally they do. Yeah. They do. And, I mean, for the most part, they eat pretty well, but they're also three and six, mm. so fed is best with them. Um, <laughs> I will try, but, I mean, they're very simple eaters in terms of, like, I – like if if I try and put something fermented down on their plate, they're not going to eat it. Like as much as I wish they would, but they eat well. They eat like a good mix of fruits and vegetables and the rest of it. But some of my best memories when I was growing up was like going and getting maccas yes. after netball or you know those Friday afternoon treat things and whatever. And yeah. you know, like I know especially it's a regular. It's probably once a week. When, oh well, no, it's like once every couple of weeks. Whenever I pick them up from their dad's house and bring them home, generally we'll call through McDonald's yes. just because it's like I, I'm very gentle with them that day and try and bring as much joy and chill mm. into the house and the transition because anyone who's it's got... Hard. It's There's a hangover, yeah. like, you know, going from place to place, yep. um, no matter which way they go. Yep. And, if, like, they love their dad. So, mm. you know, trying to break it up with something that can you know, chill everyone out and have a bit of fun and, you know, that's fine. But, yeah, yeah I definitely did get a message going, I can't believe you let your kids eat McDonald's. And I was oh like, can't believe that's a problem for you. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, it resonated with me at the time because, like, my kids eat McDonald's as well and it's not a big deal but no. we don't do it all the time. And, of course, I encourage wellness and I want to educate them about their bodies and yeah. to make good choices in life. I'm not going to be that concerned if they have nuggets for dinner on no. a Wednesday because they haven't eaten yet. We're starving and the traffic's busy and we're coming to Let and from work. Like, exactly. Yeah. Um, but you have a community that really value your message and I guess in this space sometimes people can take things quite personally if it's not aligning with their expectation of you. But has that negativity surrounding sharing your choices ever impacted you wanting to share your personal life online? Hmm. That's such a good question. I like that question. I'm really, for the most part, my community is pretty awesome and they get the jokes. Like, it's pretty crass. Like, I, on, like there's a fair bit of swearing. In terms of, like, the overall thing, there's a lot of tongue-in-cheek humour. I share a lot of memes. So, generally, the people that are there... Um, have a twisted sense of humour or get me. Yeah. Um, but I know, I mean, it's hard, like I don't have, I haven't been in a relationship yet, but I know that hopefully when that comes, I definitely think I'll be quite um, guard, not guarded, but I, I'm guessing that will be quite cautious, cautious yeah. and mine yeah. um, rather than sharing too much about that. But yeah, no, I'd be lying if I said that I didn't sometimes think, well, I know memes keep talking about memes some things i'm like you cannot put that out there that is, <laughs> that is for far. the group chat that's that is for the not group for instagram chat. yeah <laughs> my mum will kill me like you know even yeah. that sort of thing so yeah there's that that comes into it but um and different things like if i'll post some things and get i used to be able to see 
um, like the numbers change in my followers. I can't see anymore. Um, and whatever, I'd post something and I'd lose a heap of people. Like, or if I'd post something of the kids and a bunch of people would go and say, like, well, you guys were never meant to be here in the first place. So every no, and same with like my newsletter list, I'll, every time I send out a newsletter, people unsubscribe. And that, like a few years ago, that would have triggered me and I would have started second guessing that, oh no, what have I put in there? And, you know, like oh, maybe I shouldn't send things like that. But every no is actually bringing you closer to your community and Absolutely. Your, yeah, so yeah. it doesn't bother me anymore. Um, and it's that kind of thing that I hope people outgrow me at some point. You know what I mean? Like if they've come there looking for whatever, I hope they've got what they need. They don't need to stay. Mm. Or, as, I mean, the stuff that I'm posting and sharing now as opposed to what I was sharing seven years ago has evolved vastly. So I guess some people will stay for the duration or some people won't be getting what they used to get. Mm. So that's fine too. That's got nothing to do with me. Just like friendships, you know, you either grow together or you grow apart, oh. you know, as we change. And we ne- we don't have to apologise for changing or, or growth. No. You know? I love that. Yeah. You don't have to apologise for changing. No, and I saw um, – there was a quote that I saw the other day and it was like if someone – says to you oh you've changed you can you're, the best response is like I can't believe you haven't yeah I was like yes yeah give it to that. them whoever wrote this I don't know who that was but yeah. um yeah I like we should that. be changing and growing and if you're not well that's fine but you know I'd much rather be evolving and learning and questioning who I am because god I'd, I'd hate to be who I was 10 years ago now like I I have so much empathy for past Katie and not knowing what she didn't know yeah um I shouldn't say I would hate to be her but that was a painful place Mm. um and that's not to say that I don't have painful situations and navigate rough tumultuous things but I'm far more compassionate to myself and understanding for of how I'm feeling and how I'm navigating things and I don't fight the feelings anymore I'd all label them like I mean I'll give them a name now because I feel like we can handle or navigate or deal with emotions so much easier when we label them Mm. you know if you know oh I'm just feeling I'm feeling a bit depressed okay well that's all right rather than you just got this uncomfortable feeling or I'm feeling anxious today or I'm feeling a bit let down yeah and it's like okay well then what do you do how do you meet that with compassion generally Mm. or I'm just going to let it go or I'm going to go for a walk and shift this rather than being a slave to it I think that's the biggest growth in terms of um, how I experience things now as opposed to how I used to experience them then. Mm, I mean, I'm exactly the same. If I, yeah. I wish I knew what I know now then yep. and then I would be happy to go back but I wouldn't want to go back to that version of myself and not understanding who I am and what I want and yeah. where I'm going because those questions give you so much heavier emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And that's the... The thing is, imagine where we're going to be in another 10 years' time. It's just, that's that's the sick joke is like, um, you know, like you people say, what would you go back and say to your 16-year-old self? And I for sure know I wouldn't have fucking listened at mm. all to what a 37-year-old was saying. There's no way I would have listened when I was 16 because I thought I knew everything. Um, well, didn't we what though? We knew the world. We knew the world, <laughs> totally, um, and couldn't be told, but that's... My dad still says that to me. You can't be told. Maybe I'm not supposed to be told. And still, <laughs> I'm lucky I've still got my dad around to, you know, pull me into line. But 
Yeah, I think I, I, we're not meant to know what we we didn't know. Like that's the lessons. There's no mistakes. There's mm. just none. It's just all invitations to opportunities to understand yourself better and the world that we're in a whole lot better. Yeah, yep. You write in um, Becoming Brave, something that really resonated and sat with me, and you wrote, I can't control the people's perceptions of me. I can only control the way I show up, and if I show up with the best intention, then that has to be enough. And you say it with such clarity and confidence with in where you sit with others' opinions. Um, I recently shared on Instagram on my page that my limited belief in myself has always been framed around how much value I allow others' opinions of me to have. Um, and then I'm not afraid of or fearful of failure. Failure to me is the road to success. You fall down, you get back up. That's how, how we learn. That's how we grow. But I'm absolutely terrified of judgment. So, you know, reading that, it was like, well, this is where my growth is at. Can you share how did you conquer judgment and the fear there? It's funny, like, I, I'm, I'm glad that you read that back to me because you, I now, like, it's second nature. To, it's it's just part of me that my sen- my sense of self is no longer dependent on anyone else's opinions of me, um, and I think it was honestly I became like a boss at that when I was going through my divorce, mm-hmm. um, and I had to like shit was getting said as any it's just going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's just thing people are going to have assumptions and opinions, and you know things are going to get said, but constantly coming back to my why and who I was like I know the truth and this is about anything Mm. in general like I because I do spend (laughs) so much time up in my head no (laughs) Um, because I do spend a lot of time reflecting and I'm aware and I've gotten curious with who I am and my values and morals and my moral compass and the decisions that I make now are not on the fly they're very considered um, within my life that as and I, it's so intuitive based. Every decision that I make now comes from a place of believing in my like listening to my own intuition. Mm. Now, when I used to worry about what other people were would think or their perceptions, it was when I was acting from a place of wanting to please others. Yes, um, and I wasn't listening to my intuition. And there could have been, like, I don't want to make the wrong choice here. I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to, you know, there was a right and a wrong. Now that I live from a place of intuition um, and intuitive choices, there is no right and wrong. There's just options. And I always try and choose the option that feels most expansive to me at the time. Now, if I'm listening to that and I'm doing the thing that felt most true to me at that time, then how can that ever be wrong? And then that takes the power away from anyone else dictating to me. Because even if everything blows up in my face and the shit hits the fan or I say the wrong thing or someone has a perception of me, like it's not my responsibility to live up to someone else's perception of me. That's on them. Yeah. And, I mean, people – we all judge. We all make – that's our brain's job is to deduct and gather information and understand or attempt to understand 24-7 – but what people do with that, that's on them. So, yeah, I don't, I, now I know that even if it does go to shit, that whatever, like I made the choice that felt most true to me at that time, so I can't do anything about that because I was only listening 
to me. So that takes the pressure off of needing someone else to approve because I put the approval rating back in my hands, yeah. which, you know, yeah, especially through that separation and that divorce, like I know my truth and I don't need to explain that to anyone else and I don't need anyone else's approval of that. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I know. And that comes from small things. Like I'm sure it didn't get there overnight, but um, constantly giving myself the opportunity to listen to my gut and act on it um, is how I build up that trust and that mm. confidence because, you you know, you've got to give yourself the opportunity to back yourself Yeah, yeah. before you're going to believe what it is that you're, you're feeling. Mm. So that's, I guess, has developed over the years to come. And I keep coming back to that. And I'm, that's not just one decision, by the way. Like, I practice that daily and I still have to talk myself around that daily. Like, it's not that I don't ever have moments where I go, oh, God, I hope they don't think that. Because I still very much do. Mm. I just don't get lost there. It's not the final say. It can, I'll work my way through that. It still yeah. happens. And I'm, I think I was speaking about it last week on social media, like, we can't get it twisted in the way that we think that it's just one decision and then we never have to visit that whatever it is, a limiting belief or a choice or a, a habit again. It's a lifetime of walking that path and walking around and talking yourself through it and acknowledging when you've slipped out of alignment and then doing the work to go back. And that's daily for me, like still... You know, some days there's less going on than others in terms of, like, the mental load or work. But some days, like, I had one or two days last week where I was so over having to talk myself around mm. and get myself back to a more balanced place and, no, like, I don't even remember what it was now. See, that's the thing. I don't even remember what I was having to work so hard through. But it, say it was like, no, you know your truth. Come back to here. Like, yeah. everything is fine as you are. Um, trust the process. I think it was something around that. Yep. And so I had to constantly pull myself back. Yep. Yeah. And so that, that's the work. Yep. Always. Almost like small affirmations daily. Yeah. Just, you know, injecting that into your head every time something comes up or resurfaces. Yeah. And it, for me, it's like, like, I love an affirmation. I love quotes. But it's a feeling because otherwise you're just you're just speaking the words. It's for me because anxiety is um, it's so prevalent. It doesn't bother me anymore. It's just there. Some days it's louder than others. But I that feeling within my body of when because it's a full body experience for me. Anxiety. It's very much in my gut. It's very tight chested. It's yeah. like that that tummy flip when you go down elevators. Um, when I'm experiencing that more. And then I can bring myself back with the words, go, no, you know, like trust the process. I feel that physical. And then I call in that physical shift and it dissipates. That knot goes and then it's like, okay. So it's bringing myself not just verbally but physically into a state of whatever it is that I'm wanting to embody at that time. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, that, well. that takes – a minute. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it takes some time to do the work, yeah. doesn't it? Now, Katie, you are a solo mama to two beautiful boys mm -hmm. and I want to dive into matrescence with you. Mm -hmm. There is a real identity shift for women as we navigate a new season of our lives and that season being motherhood. 
Now, your second son was brought into the world with two very loving parents and a big brother, but quite early on in your pregnancy, you and your husband decided to part ways as a couple, but both welcomed your uh, baby boy um, with nothing but love. But being both newly single and then the transition throughout matrescence, their identity shifts of their own path. Can you share your story throughout this very special but obviously challenging time? Yeah. So I was 16 weeks pregnant with Oki when we separated um, and I'm and I also had a two-and-a-half-year-old yeah. at that time. So that was a real shit show, to be <laughs> honest. But now we're three-and-a-half years on yeah. from that. So that's a whole different ballgame. And well, I think we're navigating it all really, really well. The boys have a new half-sister and that's great and the families are – like everyone's doing really, really well in terms of how we navigate it all for the most part. Like there's always going to be things, but mm. I'm really happy and proud of how everyone's handled it. Um, but in terms of – there was definitely elements. Like I know um, my mum, when I was having a bit of a teary at one point, I think I was like eight and a half months pregnant and <laughs> – mum's like well don't worry you're not going to be pregnant and separated forever and I said well no I'm going to be divorced with two children and it's like oh Mark. um <laughs> you know um but that was there's different elements like I remember you know like yeah just so many things but I know that one of the big moments where I was just like wow I've really got to change things was when I no one expects to be bringing their baby home from the hospital on their own like that was rough. Yep. Taking those first few steps into a into the house, um, and just going, wow, how am I gonna how am I gonna do this? Yeah. Like I don't know. And when I was just Archer and I, or when I was even married, like when Archer was first born, my first my eldest, I was such a tightly wound, high expectations. Everything needed to be perfect. Like pureeing everything fucking nutcase of a you know my standards were ridiculously high for how I wanted to do things and how I wanted to hold myself and I remember when um one of the very early days where it was Archer Oki and I at home and Archer's a very spirited kid he's very high energy very um anxious as well I wonder where he gets that from (laughs) um apple tree (laughs) um so helping him be able to navigate that um, I just realised that I am going to have to not only lower the bar here, I'm just going to have to drop it and kick it out the room because mm. there was no way we were going to get through that with my expectation on our, us as a little trio. Yeah. And that's what um, the second book, Messy, stemmed from that. It was like, yeah. mate, we've just got to lower the expectations. And the key to happiness for me was lowering the bar and being mm. able to get through that um but yeah it's it's a blur honestly Oki's first 14 months I don't think I come up for air honestly now I can look back and see how chill we all are now um I wouldn't want to go back there at all in terms of I just don't remember I honestly think we're in a state of survival mode but now Oki's three and the whole the next step will be dating yeah and that sort of thing with uh, I know that would be nice (laughs) um with you know bringing someone into the boys lives and me dating as a as a mom like I don't know that's a 
makes me laugh. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I, no one sees these things coming. Yeah. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, but it's that's fine. And it's just constantly changing and evolving um, and growing into those roles. Like, I know for me, work has played such an important part in me being able to raise those boys, not only financially. Like, that's one thing, obviously. <laughs> I've got to work to pay the bills. But finding my sense of self through that... With Archer, I stopped working, stopped writing, stopped everything. With Oki, I was making toast from the hospital bed because I know that me processing my words, sharing my words, connecting with people and that sort of thing helps me be me better. Mm -hmm. So working out what the kind of like mother that I wanted to be and the woman that I wanted to be because I didn't want to get lost in the role um, again because that was hard to find myself again um, alongside them. So... Yeah, I'm very much aware, like I'm, being a mother is one of the most important things in my life, but to be their mother the best way that I can, I've still got to make sure that I prioritise, so like keeping me within that process, mm. and it, if oh, I'm still struggling to get that out, like even saying it, that old paradigm of, like my mum was the most selfless woman on the planet, I'm not selfless. Like, I am not. I've got one of those and I'm like you. No, I'm not selfless. I'm ruthless in what I – knowing what I need and that self-care and self-preservation so that I can show up for them Mm. as well as myself. Like, I don't want to lose myself again. And the most important thing for my boys to have is a steady, happy mum for the most part. No, steady – I'm not even going to say happy because that's such a stretch some days because we're not always walking around like double gunning it super stoked but um it's best for them to see me go for my dreams go for you know exercise move make smart choices because that's what that's the sort of well if they grow up being interested in women that's what I want them to see as what's possible or absolutely you know and I want that for them themselves to know that it's okay to question things like, no, mummy needs this time to do her work. Mummy needs to go for this walk. So nanny's going to come up and sit with you for an hour. Mm. You know, those sorts of things so that they get it, that I'm not just, you Oh, know. absolutely. Sometimes um, I know when my son's a little bit older, he'll probably have the same questions, but my stepdaughters um, will, you know, go, why, why, do you have to, why do we have to go to the gym? Why do you have to train? You know, yeah. why? And I'm like, I just need 30 minutes because I'm a better stepmom. Yeah. When I've exercised and it makes me feel really good and you can either join me or yep. give me 30 minutes and I will be such a better person in 30 minutes. Like, totally. <laughs> and that doesn't mean that I'm a bad person before that, but it just, you know, you, yeah, just you introducing that. positive habits and showing them the life that makes you a better person will in turn make them a better person. Oh, for sure. And I'm reading Glennon Doyle's book Untamed at the moment and she puts it so well. Like we've mm. been sold this image of motherhood and that is to be a great mum you've slowly got to let yourself die like you've slowly got to hand over every single portion of your desires your hopes and everything so that you can raise your children like you've got to put all of your stuff your dreams and be selfless yeah everything else to the side and that is just like showing your children or the people around you that you know to be a good person you have to give up on yourself yeah and give up on what's important to you and that is not what I want to do and that's not what I want to be and so it's like I mean the boys I'm with them 
90% of the time. <laughs> like, they're with me all the time. Yeah. Um, but, and they, they, are, they feel very loved. I know they do. Um, they're mummy's boys for sure. But I think it's, it's important for me to be able to do that is to have that time and balance for myself with. And there's times where it's not going to work like that. Like, there's times where, you know, my things are going to get put to the wayside just a little bit because it's like Christmas plays and this and that oh, and soccer yeah. and all yep. of that where you're just like, well, okay, but it still comes back around because I, for my mental health especially, exercise, like, you know, if I can't have that three or four days a week, like three or four times a week, I'm not like sitting at the gym all day, um, but just that 45 minutes to go for a walk mm. or to go do the stairs or to go to the gym, yeah. then everything else starts to crumble and that's what happens when we get stressed. Like when we're stressed, we the first thing to go is quite often our self-care our nutrition our Mm. you know like whether if you meditate all the things that make you feel good are usually the things that we toss off first Mm. and then we start to wonder why we're feeling so miserable and we're not coping like we should and it's because we've stopped doing the things that help us feel like us absolutely and I think that that reflects onto the kids as well I know that with um, the girls we have a non-negotiable walk or bike ride every morning and it's at a certain time when I'm like okay you've been on your iPad for maybe an hour hour yeah you're getting a bit moody there's a little bit of attitude going on yeah we get outside could be 10 minutes it could be an hour but we just get outside and they come back different kids and they can see that now yeah which is so important so I think that that's just awesome that that's, you know, stuff that you do with the boys as well. And, oh, and thank you. Yeah. Well, we do the same thing. Like, obviously, my kids get up pre-5 a.m. most <laughs> days. So delightful. Oh, but gosh. it's like my mandatory, like one of those things is yes. mummy has a cup of tea. And mom, no one's going to ask me to do anything until mummy's had her cup of tea. Because, mm. I mean, it's still got a four in it. Yeah. Like, so I'm like, that's my thing. So in terms of self-care, that that's one of the things that I'm talking about. It's a cup of tea. Yeah. And they know that now. It's been a battle, but I've won that one. Um, and then it's just they, but they have iPads through that time because I just need to be just give me a minute. And then it's the same thing. It's like either getting ready for school or we're getting this or, but it's outside moving every single day. Whether today we were flying kites, the other some days it's bushwalk, some days it's you know kicking a footy or both or the beach. Like we're really lucky to live just behind the beach, so you know that's important. For them, and I can, they're two wild boys. Like, they yeah. have to, I have to run them and sun them. I say, yes. like, every day. That's so awesome. They've got such an active mum. Oh, too. thanks. That's I really don't know cool. If they agree it. My dog, <laughs> would, my dog has put the brakes on. Like, she's like, going, we are not going for another walk. Like, she yeah. has had it with this um, whole corona uh, isolation thing because she's been for so many walks. Oh she wouldn't go this morning. So, oh. yeah. Suck it up, Ruby. (laughs) (laughs) Katie, something I would love to know um, are some tips that you can share on realigning yourself when you're feeling out of balance. First thing is just to acknowledge that that's what's actually going on Mm. and not to be a slave to it. Like, acknowledgement's key, like getting – and then get curious with it. Just go, why am I feeling this way? And then you get to decide – like, if it's a – most of the time when we're struggling, it's because we're actually navigating something – that's hard, mm. right? Like we, right. we expect to feel like totally jazzed all the time, but it's like if you have a look at what's on your plate, there's a very good, like high chance that it's totally normal to be feeling the way that you are. So what you do from that, like you get to choose. You get to either go, okay, well, I'm going to give myself the rest of this day to feel like shit because we need to be able to feel our feelings. 
can't outrun pain in the pursuit of happiness. Um, and P.S. I only remember that quote from my book um, this morning because I was chatting to my friend and she quoted it back at me. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so like, we, yeah, I was like, fine. Um, yeah, and then we get to choose whether we're either going to sit with it and learn from it or and wallow in it, which is totally fine, mm-hmm. or we're going to move and shift it in some yeah. way, shape or form. Sometimes that's just changing the room. Yes. Putting a podcast on, you know. Um, I think we you can easily, like, you can overcomplicate it and say, well, I've got to journal it out, I'm going to pull an abundance card, I've got to get my crystals, I've got to do it. It's all about just getting curious and then choosing what you want to do with mm-hmm. it from then. And yep. then, yeah, it's whatever you want. You can ritualise it, you can sit with it, you can talk to someone about it. There's lots of things that you can do. But the, mo- the number one thing is not to judge yourself for it. Yeah, and I love that you feel not to overcomplicate it. Like Keep it simple. Yeah. Keep it simple. Everything is mm. simple. Let it be easy. Always. You really just radiate like empowerment <laughs> and just have such a great approach to living an abundant and fearless path. Um, it's definitely something that I admire in you and admire watching your page and reading your books. Um, I just feel like everyone needs your spirit and confidence in oh, their lives. thanks. That's okay. Um, to close out the conversation, I would love to know what is one thing that you do for you each day that takes care of you from the inside out? Ooh. In terms of like like an actual thing, I drink so much water, yep. it's ridiculous. Yep. Like I've got big jars cruising yeah. around my house um, that are all pasta sauce jars or something. Yep. I drink a lot of water and that's um, so much. So in terms of like a wellness perspective, that's definitely something that I do. And from like a spiritual perspective, I would be like I, I read some quotes, yep. always coming back to that yep. and that – I've got them saved in my phone or I have them by my bed and that definitely helps me shift into whatever state that I want to be in for sure. That's awesome. I love that. Now, I mentioned earlier uh, your book, Becoming Brave, and how much it resonated with me and my journey surrounding showing up with more intention in my life. It's um, seriously amazing. And we've just had a chat before recording and we want to give three beautiful women a copy of Becoming Brave. So if you are someone who is seeking a life with confidence and courage and you want to cultivate a fearlessness and bravery, then this book is definitely for you. Um, Please leave a review on iTunes and let us know exactly what you loved about this conversation. Share the episode on Instagram, tagging both at Inside Out with Chris and Katie Dean and Three lucky ladies will get a copy of this inspiring and empowering book on self-discovery. If you do want to hear more on Katie, she also has an incredible podcast herself, which is called Simply Complicated with Katie Dean. So check that out. And where else can people find you? I hang out on Instagram at ktdean.com.au. Yep. That's also my website handle and the same thing on Facebook. But Instagram's um, definitely my fave place at the moment. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again for joining me. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Inside Out. I really want to grow in this space and make sure these stories and experiences are heard. If this episode resonated with you, I would love to hear from you. Please leave me a review and hit subscribe to ensure you don't miss our next conversation. Please also join me on Instagram and let me know what you thought about this episode at Inside Out with Chris. I can't wait to share more with you really soon.